It's the Practical Medicine Podcast, and we are Dr. Rob Balco. And Dr. Stephanie Lipnicki. And it's our goal to bring awareness to the public at large about the many different ways to maintain health and heal your body, mind, and spirit, from acupuncture to Zen living and everything in between. Today is episode 18, and we are welcoming my mentor, Dr. Martha Lucas. She is the creator of the Maizen Cosmetic Acupuncture Treatment Protocol, uh, which is how I met her back in 2007. Um, she also created the Maizen Skincare Line to be used with that protocol. She has authored a few books that she might want to also mention. Um, she teaches an amazing pulse diagnosis class that I've taken, which I love because it has enabled me to talk to patients on their level and explain to them what's going on in their body. And it takes most practitioners' treatments to a whole new level. So welcome, Dr. Martha. Um, would you like Thank to you. tell our audience about some things about yourself? Okay, well, I'm a research psychologist. I started out my career in Western medicine doing research in hospitals. Uh, my specialty was dealing with men who had had cardiovascular bypass surgery. And, you know, right from the start, I, I would say something like, you know, your surgeon was a great mechanic. He fixed the engine, but then what? Like, what else can be happening? How else can we fix your body? And so really, I went right into learning about energy medicine, became a Reiki master, learned exitonal alignment, and then learned color puncture, which is putting light on the points instead of needles. But the instructors, I, researchers are curious, right? So I'd be constantly raising my hand saying, but why is there red on this little circle and green on this little circle? And they would say, because Dr. Mandel said so. Well, I can't be like, oh, Dr. Lucas, why are you doing that? Because Akila said, Dr. Mandel said. So I went to Chinese medicine school to find out the whys of the color, but I met my pulse diagnosis mentor, Jim Ramholtz there. And I'm just forever grateful for that because my practice is totally based on what I learned from him and then developed over the years after he passed away. Excellent. So you give your patients a lot of things that you want them to take home with them. And that's so key in this time of COVID. Um, so how has that changed your practice in COVID? Um, are the, the things that you share with them to do at home very different from what they did before? Um, are you doing a lot of telemedicine and, and advising patients that way? Um, I know every state was different. And, you know, in, in New Jersey, we were considered essential, but that didn't mean that we, you know, weren't doing telehealth. I was not doing a lot of telehealth. Um, but it did make me think more about things that, you know, patients might need to do at home that I wasn't necessarily having them do in between. Right. Well, I, uh, I actually teach acupuncture, acupressure courses now for the general public. So, you know, acupressure for PMS, hot flashes, other reproductive issues, uh, acupressure for headaches. And I have a method that's all on the hands and the feet. And I explain where the organ systems are on the hand. And then I literally tell people, okay, press here, press here, press here. Which of those three the most tender. Okay. That's the one that needs to be treated. So, you know, before the pandemic, I would mainly tell people about Qigong, that sort of thing. 
but now I just literally teach them how to do stuff online, how to take care of themselves at home if they can't come in for a treatment. Right. Are you doing it in, on a one-to-one basis or are you like it's literally a class that several people or yeah. um, can they download it and watch, you know, at their own pace or? Yes, I have. Uh, the courses come with a PowerPoint presentation that I also do a video, you know, talk through so they can download the presentation. They can download the uh, audio part. And that's how they buy the course. And then on a certain day at a certain time, there's the live part, which I just go over again. I mean, as you know, having been in my classes, right. it never hurts for me to go over it again and say it again. And I probably say it in a different way. And then, yeah, then the people can, you know, be like, okay, oh, I tried this last week and this point felt more tender. What does that mean? So that's the interactive part of the course. But this is still something that they can do even if they are getting acupuncture in between. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, we, I think of herbs as acu, as your acupuncture between acupuncture. Right. And the same with acupressure. It would be like, let's say the woman comes to me for fertility issues. Well, right. yes, I want her to treat her uterus area every day, you know, maybe twice a day in between acu, uh, acupuncture visits or pain. Right. You know, we can teach them acupressure for pain and then, you know, they can buy the little seeds and put them on themselves at home. Right. And Dr. Lucas, did you say you were actually teaching a fertility class now? You have an ongoing series that you're recording? Oh, well, I I do teach a protocol, a Maisen protocol for fertility. Um, uh, Right now, that's a separate class only for Maisen practitioners because the needling technique flows from the face and the neck into the abdomen. But um, the class for fertility is a bigger class. It includes all the cosmetic uh, work. But for these little mini courses for the general public, show let's say a woman is having fertility issues, then you know she can make a private consult and we can have a little private consult and I can show her because some women, some people in general don't want to share what their general health is with a group. Right. So there's, there's the private fertility consult, and then there's the classes that somebody might say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not that anxious about it. I'll just take that class. And if I need help after that, I'll contact her. Right, right. Um, go ahead. Are there points that treat the respiratory system, the sinuses, the upper respiratory um, Oh, yes. The points in, in the system, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the thumb is the head. So th- this is the top of the head, and this would be the face, and then we go down to the neck, and then we get into the organ systems here. And it, so this is the back of the head. So if they had an occipital headache, for example, it would be treated around here. So for things like sinuses, it would be treated from here up. Because there would, if you would imagine drawing a little face there, there would be, you know, eyes, nose, mouth. And then the lungs are more here. So if they, um, right. right For anybody who listens later and doesn't watch, I just want to. Oh, sorry. No, 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 that's okay. I just want to share where you're talking about. The pad of the thumb uh, is where you would determine, you know, what was the lung issue that was happening. And that would uh, determine how you were actually going to treat. And are you seeing a lot of, like, giving a lot of that advice, like, post-COVID, 
you know, with patients or um, just regular, you know, respiratory issues with allergies and that kind of thing? Or is it a combination of both that you're well, it's a combination. And I have a lot of people on herbs, on lung herbs. You know, uh, obviously, we we all probably have had everybody on lung herbs for the last year. So, for example, one of my daughters had COVID and um, still the, she has some of the long term effects. You know, her workouts are a little more strenuous on her lungs and she doesn't have stamina. So I have her on a lung formula for improving the lungs, but tonifying the lungs because you know it's a concern when when someone's sense of smell and taste doesn't come back that's neurological so it's it's a little concern so yes I, i'm treating people post-covid also excellent hopefully wow. soon we'll be saying post-covid for real <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, oh, that's so. the goal um and what about points for pain in general say neck pain spinal pain well, you again, you look at where it is, right? So neck pain, if it's the back of the neck, it would be, you would go from the thumb knuckle down the two bottom knuckles. So from the middle of the dorsal side of the thumb down would be where the neck is. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, you would palpate, right? Palpate, palpate with, I mean, you could use a pen. You don't have to have any particular kind of a tool. And, uh, and then they say, oh, yeah, that's the most tender. You treat that point first. Then after that point is no longer tender, you move on to the other points. So, yeah, you would, you know, knee pain would be uh, on the fingers here, on the dorsal side of the fingers in the middle of the finger where the, um, where the knee would be because okay. the feet are here. So uh, I just teach them the part of the model that they need for their, uh, their issue. I, I have an online course for practitioners that's worth right. to use for the, to learn this because, you know, it's good to give your patients right. some extra information, right? Sure. So as an example, like if somebody has something, are you telling them like, I know with pediatrics, I, I would tell parents, okay, I want you to like rub this point X amount of times. Are they rubbing a particular spot until it just doesn't feel tender? Or is it like, okay, a hundred circles this way and a hundred circles that way? <laughs> like when yeah, you were learning no, It's mostly based on the, the tenderness going away. Okay. Now we all know that sometimes it's still going to be tender and it's going to take more than one treatment, but let's say they, they poke one particular spot and it's, you know, they're like, ow, 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 that's an eight. That's really tender. Even if they just do the pressure on it and get it down to a two or a three, okay. that's fine. Then we can move on to the next tender point. So there are like main points and corresponding points. The main right. point is the tenderest and then the corresponding ones are a little less tender. So for like GI concerns, would that be more towards like the palm of the hand? Yeah, that's it would be like, it would be like the thumb is broken and up here. And then the rest of the body goes down like this. So the internal organs are here and then the arms and the legs. So you would literally follow down like, oh yeah, the abdomen is here. Or the, the spine would be again, pretending that the head is up here go down the middle of where the spine is. So okay. it's, yeah, it's palpating around in the area where uh, that corresponds with that particular organ. And do you also treat the feet or was it just the hands? Yep. Nope. 
Oh, you can treat the feet. I, I do a lot, a lot more on the hands, but the foot model is exactly the same as, as uh, the hand. So yes, you can, you can treat. Like and sometimes, head and <clears throat> right. And sometimes you, um, like it, it would be the same as you have uh, a person in your office who's receiving acupuncture and you put a few extra little seeds on for their, you know, their problem. Like I had a, uh, I have some neuropathy. <clears throat> and so I'll put the seeds on the tips here where they're the bottom of their foot is, if that's where the pain is. And then they can go home with that on. And, you know, my patients tell me that it works. So I mean, it's been around, this Korean acupressure has been around forever and ever. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. Uh, we're focusing more on the um, patient people, but um, I would, I was going to assume that, uh, the origin of this was a Korean style yeah. lineage. Yeah. yeah. Really it, to your point about, um, you know, seeds and things like that. I had someone text me today saying, I'm coming in tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. Will you put another seed in my ear? <laughs> it really had me chilled out all week. Yeah. Know? So it's one yeah. of the great things about those uh, little. I used to have to, or, when I would put them on Rihanna, like she loved having them on, but she would give me a heart. I'd have to pull them off while she was asleep because she didn't. And I was like, you know, you'd see the indent. And I was like, you have to, st you know, you have to let me take them off. So I had to sneak in while she was sleeping and take them off because she loved them when she was little. So yeah. even little kids. Yeah. Oh, you know. what I, what I do is tell people to take a picture of it with their phone where mm -hmm. I put them. So right. Someone else in their house. After, I only, I tell them to take them off don't leave them on any longer than three days. Right. Yeah. People start to irritate your skin and yeah. give yourself a break. And then you can do another day, but take a picture of it. And then you have it for when they've fallen off or it's, it's the next right. day. Yeah. I just treated a nine-year-old yeah. who had a migraine. Um, it started on Monday. She was in the ER uh, in the hospital for three days, I believe wow. getting infusions of medications came home with the migraine still. So her mother brought her in on Friday and she didn't really want acupuncture. She wanted it before she got there. And I used acupressure. I used essential oils. I used a little uh, Qigong massage. And her mom texted me later that day. Thank you for our daughter back. She mm -hmm. said what, what ER medicine couldn't do mm -hmm. was done in like less than 30 minutes. That's fantastic. So that's the sort of thing. So for example, with her, you know, where I placed the seeds, I said to her mother, okay, when, when you get home and take that off, make a mark there with a marker mm -hmm. and then you will know where to put it next time. Do you Beautiful. ever use um, the larger size magnets or you always use like the tinier seeds? No, I don't use the large, I don't use magnets, but there are larger, um, there are larger Tax, I guess that's a bad name. I wish they yeah. Didn't say that. yeah, they're Animals. they're like you know how big a little band aid, the little circular band aids are. It's about that big, and in that little square is maybe five little metal okay. protrusions. So, for example, I would use that on Li four, you know, right. because, mm -hmm. because that's a big a area big of point. the body. Right. Wonderful. Um. 
And so in terms of the migraine, Rob and I were talking about some of the the tougher cases. Um, do you find that, so in the case of that child, you just did the acupressure. Um, do you find that that's enough for some of the more complicated cases or it really is the combination of, you know, coming in and getting the regular acupuncture treatment and then the home care? Well, in my professional experience, migraines are the result of a great deficiency. Now, that's not going to be that well treated with just some seeds. Um, it, it can be treated with herbs, certainly, if the person can't come in. It can be treated with moxa. So there are still treatments at home that the person can do. And in this case, this young girl had that classic migraine pulse. That right. just so classic. Like at her age, it was that the central chi was not getting up oxygen and blood up and supporting her head and her neck and, and creating that kind of pain and not allowing the body to heal itself. So, uh, you know, we, the beauty of acupressure, the beauty of Chinese medicine is acupuncture is just one of the therapies as you and your listeners know, it's right. just one. There's, there's the acupressure, herbs, essential oils, twina, qigong, or we can right. nutrition, food is medicine. So the right. beauty during the pandemic, I think, has been that people began to see that, oh, wow, Chinese medicine is not just one thing. Right. Acupuncture is the most common therapy, but it's certainly not the strongest or the best every time. Right. Very well said. Could you go back and explain for this particular patient, you said you do some qigong um, massage? Mm -hmm. Can you explain that for the general audience? Sure. So uh, qigong is not only an exercise that you can do yourself. So you can, uh, you know, listen to an audio file. Like I have a gazillion audio files that people can listen to for a particular issue. And then they're at home listening and moving the energy where it needs to go. But you can also do Qigong massage. I learned Qigong massage from Master Zeng Gao Yao, where it's, it's very similar to Reiki, where the practitioner literally is putting a little energy in the spot. So for this young girl, I worked on kidney one. You know, I, I did a lot of work, the bottom of the foot by the ball of the foot, kidney one is it's called. And I also kind of squeezed her foot so that the area of liver three was getting access. At the same time. Right. At the same time. So if you can imagine the space in between there, getting a massage, getting some energy, you know, to help, help bring back her Mingmun fire, if you will bring back the fire in her belly. Um, so, you know, it, as I said, Qigong massage is very much like uh, Reiki. Reiki practitioners believe the Reiki, the energy comes from an outside source through them. Qigong massage, oh, oh sorry, that's how Doc, Master Dr. Yao used to say, Qigong massage. Um, it's, his belief was that the the it's the practitioner's, energy going in. I don't hold by that. I believe it's more like a universal kind of energy, but um, you can, you can, if you're familiar with Qigong and you do Qigong and you've got like an extra little Qigong savings account in your belly, 
you you have plenty of energy to to uh, share and or share. Work with. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, share. Yeah, <laughs> that was how I learned qigong. Mm-hmm. It was more. Um, I, so I took one class outside of when I studied at PCOM and then I took the PCOM class and they were very different. The PCOM class was more about the Qigong exercises that we would do to build our own Qi, where the class that I took outside of PCOM was about you helping the the patient or person on the table um, energetically. And I feel like it, it makes that connection, you know, also when you're needling of that energy, you know, going in with the needle and making that connection when you're working with a patient. Right. Well, and you know, it's, there's, if I may say, there's no religion aspect to this. It's physics. All it is, is physics. There a pain has a certain vibration and you're taking your energy, your vibration and putting it on the pain vibration and it changes it. Right. It's a very simple physics equation. I love that analogy. Yeah. It, it totally works. Just taking one vibration, putting another vibration in and changing that pain vibration. It's very simple to explain to people in a down to earth kind of way. Right. Um, so another common thing that's going on right now, I'm, I'm terming it COVID stress syndrome, Mm -hmm. where there's this ongoing kind of stress and anxiety, anxiety over, you know, there's groups of people who don't want to wear masks and the people who do want to wear masks and they're all stressing each other out and, you know, life in general, people, you know, having their kids at home while they're trying to work from home and, juggling those school, you know, sort of schedules. So what are some of the things that um, you're doing with patients for the stress and anxiety part of things? Okay. Well, I always ask, is the stress in your control or out of your control? That's the first thing. Okay. How long COVID is, I, in my opinion, this, the COVID stress syndrome that you're talking about is mainly based on the fact that we don't know when it's going to be over. Right. If you go in and get a bad diagnosis, oh, I ripped my Achilles tendon. Your doctor is going to say, oh, we need to fix that. You're going to be in surgery next Monday. You're going to be in a cast for six weeks, and then you're going to do three months of rehab. Okay. That means by the end of May, this whole thing will be over. I'll be done. I can handle that. But with this idea of when is it going to be over? When, oh, they say this. Now they're saying masks in 2022. Oh my gosh. So I I tell people that's out of your control. So all you can control is your attitude toward it, your behavior toward it, your own body's behavior, your own body's health. And you have to kind of let go of the idea that I don't know when it's going to be over. So I start very down to earth in control out. If it's out of your control, I'm sorry, you're going to have to kind of just relax, not relax about it, but just let that part go and control the part you can control. And then of course I tell them Qigong maneuvers to do because they always have to close in their lower, put their hands on their lower belly to tell their body, I I'm centered now I'm recentered. Then they can, anytime they're anxious, they can just put their hands on their lower belly between the navel and the pubic bone. And it'll give their body the message. I need to center. I need to calm down. And of course, the, then you get into individual behaviors, like somebody who's eating too many sweets, somebody who's drinking too much alcohol, somebody who just started smoking again. 
and and counsel them about uh, what that's doing to their body, how that's enhancing the stress response. And, you know, I, I as a as a psychologist, I try to create a little cognitive dissonance. So the next time the person reaches for that particular item, it's in their mind. But I said to them, oh, that's kind of that's kind of wrecking your digestion. Maybe I better not do that. Very cool. Um, and you also use essential oils on some of the AccuPoints, correct? Yes, it's AccuPoint mm -hmm. essential oil therapy. So uh, the essential oil blends that I make are yin and yang balance. They are made for particular kinds of conditions. Uh, so if someone comes in with a particular condition, like headaches, you know, I have one that's headache relief that I made for people with migraines. I gave a bottle to that mom uh, for the nine-year-old. She said it smelled good. I said, good, that means you need it. So we used that uh, oil for her and I told them how to use it at home. So um, you can either put it on acupuncture points or if someone has really depleted energy, you can just have them put it in their navel and the energies of the essential oil will help build up their, their Ming Mun belly fire again. I just want to interject and just um, iterate that the blends that you make are not what they call neat. They're, they're diluted and safe. They're not part of this, like, we're going to put, you know, non-diluted oils on the skin and, and necessarily ca cause a surface burn. These are, you know, blended oils with essential oils in them in a carrier oil so that they're safe. Yes, they are. Um, and the carrier oil depends on also the yin and yang of the blend and uh, what, you know, coconut oil for the, like my happy blend. Okay. You got to let go of stuff. So it's coconut oil. The she blend, I really want it to stay in your body and manage your hormones. So it's in jojoba. So yes, they're all oils, blends you can just use right in the bottle. I'm curious about the scent and how the nine-year-old liked it so it was good. What if they smell it and they don't like the smell? What is that well, smell? then there's something about it that isn't exactly the right blend for them. Yeah. So, you know, I can always just, uh, I, I, might say, awesome. I might say, oh, I can smell there's some lavender in that. I don't like that so much. Okay. Well, then I have to think about, you know, why wouldn't she like the lavender? Oh, well, maybe the whole blend is a little too yangy for her. You know, like I said, she had a lot of depleted central chi. So maybe she needed a little more yin than a little more yang. So it's being sensitive to the idea that um, they there's a one particular part of the blend that maybe doesn't really uh, work for them. And let's face it, they're not going to use it if they don't like the smell. Right. right. <laughs> True. And right. So they're resonating with the oil. Right. 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 The reason I ask the question is so often we always hear, right, uh, a, a liquid herbal formula to, mm -hmm. to most Americans doesn't smell good. Right. So I, I was wondering if there was a connection there. Yeah, that's a little bit of a different thing. I mean, our Chinese medicine prescriptions, yeah, that's their most of the time, they're just not going to smell good. Nobody's going to be like, oh, I can't wait to drink that. <laughs> I feel like that's all the time. Like when I try and explain to people, I'm like, they're not. You know, this isn't um, 
like Bigelow tea. Like this isn't celestial seasonings. seasonings. (laughs) This is like the real deal. This isn't some fruity, you know, it's medicine. It's medicine. medicine, Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately it's one of the medicines that really doesn't taste too good. I mean, I have a lot of people on uh, a formula for depression and anxiety right now. And it's really, it's really, the pills are really just pressed powder. And I tell them, I say, have your water. (laughs) Because it's going to start <laughs> dissolving on your tongue right away. And it's not disgusting like no, some no. lung or asthma formulas are. But I just warn them, you know, it, yeah. it, you could get a taste in your mouth. So make sure you, or you non buy yao. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's really, really disgusting to take, right? Mm-hmm. I tell people, a whole glass of water. Drink that whole thing down or you're going to burp it back up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and isn't it great now you, with your longer term patients is they will taste it and they'll say, oh, this tastes like I'm going to get better. Like, <laughs> they make a connection to it <clears throat> over time. You know, they right. acclimate to it. They say, well, you know, like, pharmaceutical drugs don't taste very good. Now, right? No, right? No, if you no. dissolved those in your mouth, your people who take blood pressure, whatever they're taking, it's not very pleasant. Yeah, no, they don't taste good. That's right. No, no. Don't, um, don't chew your Excedrin. No, that's right. Because, yes, it's going to be disgusting. So, really, we're in the same boat, right? Our medicine maybe doesn't taste so good, and neither does Western pharmaceuticals. When I, years and years ago, when I used to cook herbs, my husband used to tell me, You're going to have to do that in the garage. <laughs> Make the whole house smell awful. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I tend to go towards patents just because I find it easier for me. And I, I know I'm better and I'm more compliant when I take my herbs in pill form than if I was sitting there cooking them. So, and I'm always yeah. honest with my patients and I tell them that I'm like, you know, you can do the raw or you can, you know, the, to me, the only herbs that don't work are the ones that you don't get your patients to take. So if I can't, you know, if I have to, I can remember being in school and I had a teacher who, you know, wouldn't prescribe unless the patient took raw herbs versus teachers who were like, well, the only ones that don't work are the ones that you don't get your patients to take. So if all they're going to take is a patent, then then start them with a patent and right. that's better than not doing anything. Yeah. That's, oh, I, I'll tell them. Sometimes they'll come back and I'll, I'll know, I'll know time-wise that they should be out of them. And I will say, they'll be like, oh, here they are. And I'll, oh no, I still have some. And I'll say, you know, those work a lot better in your body than in your purse. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I've had, I had somebody who was like, recently I had prescribed something and, um, you know, she came back and she hadn't, she hadn't even tried them. And she said, well, I, I'm waiting until I'm better to, <laughs> to take them. Oh and I was like, um, but that's why I gave them to you. And I'm like, right. if you're better, then you don't need them. <laughs> it's not how it works. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely, well, I, love I love it if people will take herbs because, you know, I mean, my fertility patients get pregnant faster if they're on herbs. If somebody has a cold, they get better faster, you know, headaches. There are a lot of the, right now that uh, my patients call the mood, mood uh, formula, magic pills. Like they'll Venmo me and they'll say magic pills. on there. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I love it. Um, and do you, with the whole, the stress of COVID, um, other than like Rob and I try and reiterate all the time, trying to get people to avoid sugar, um, are there any other foods that you recommend that they incorporate into the diet when they're going through that stress or? Well, I recommend bone broth. 
I, I do like them to make their own if they can. Uh, yeah. I like them to do it with a buy a big bone with the marrow still inside. Right. Uh, also, black rice can be very grounding. So yeah. I, I'll go black and then brown. Or how about cooking your rice in your bone broth instead of in just plain water? Right. So I try to get them to do some pretty heavy duty tonifying foods just, just to keep the rising anxious energy down, if you know what I mean. Right. So a lot of uh, orange foods like sweet potatoes, those are, and that'll give them a little sweet. They're craving right. a little sweet, but it's good for you sweet. I always have to tell them, you know, if you crave sweets, it just means your digestion is a little out of balance. So you need to feed feed it some sweets, not right, but not sugar and cake, right, not sugar, right? <laughs> I said, you know that I'm not. I didn't just tell you go eat a bunch of cookies and cake. I'm right. telling you to go eat a sweet potato. I usually say to people like when when we read books on Asian medicine and they talk about sweet, they mean like a little bit of a tiny little bit of rice. <laughs> They're not talking about. I was like the Western diet has just so much sugar in it, and and that's not what they're talking about. Right. Um, and I, I love bone broth for so many reasons. It's good for so many different things. Mm -hmm. So nourishing. And um, and one of the things that I used to love, and I haven't done black rice in a long time and I like it, but if you mix black rice and white rice together, it's purple. Oh, yeah. And I just, I'm like, oh, I love that there's this purple rice. <laughs> I mean, it's my favorite color. So. Yeah, it looks a little weird. Purple and green in a, in a, a sometimes people aren't attracted to those colors as food, but yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, I try to get them to make enough for a week. Yeah. So if they're going to go the rice way, like make a, and not an, a gruel kind of a thing, yeah. a kanji kind of thing, make seven cups of it. And then you have seven servings or bone broth, same thing, put right. 10 cups in while you cook it overnight. So the part that it, uh, evaporates, you'll still have seven cups left. So right. I try to get, and, and then, you know, read labels. I, a lot of people have no idea. Sugar isn't almost everything. Right. So they'll, they'll buy a bag salad. They'll be like, Oh, I buy those. And I said, I've had to tell people you need to read the ingredients because there's sugar in that. I have no idea why, <laughs> why in a bag of lettuce, there would be some sugar, but I don't think I've even noticed that I'm going <clears> to, <throat> now I'm going to have to pay attention yeah, myself because I don't even think I've ever looked at yeah. that. We know. <laughs> because that it makes people buy more and more of it. Oh yeah, because it's an addictive. Yeah, there's, there's sugar added to ketchup, and over the years, more and more has been added. Right. So yeah. it's it's a. It's it was a rumor, I think, that McDonald's French fries were either dipped in sugar or or shot up with some sugar. Because yes, the sugar is an addiction, and it will certainly make you want more. Yeah, you yeah. Do, yeah absolutely want it more and more all the time. Um, so on the topic of you know, stress and anxiety and, and, and um, what people can do at home. I, I happened across this Brene, uh, Brene Brown uh, quote today, and I'm going to change it a little to, to match us. And I wanted your opinion on it, Dr. Lucas. It says, the, the cure for stress isn't and can't be just self-care. It has to be all of us caring for each other. Oh. So I'm, I'm wondering, you know, how much you talk to your patients about that connection at home. Well, I do talk about how self-compassion is important. Um, you, you, you do not have the ability to give empathy to someone else unless you have self-compassion. 
So I spend a lot of time with people telling them to stop beating themselves up. You, it's, it is what it is that, okay, you did that thing. You know what? It's gone. It's over. Uh, uh, you can't move forward while you're looking back at the back all the time. So, but you know, the, it's harder for people these days because there are so many strong opinions out there. You know what I mean? So, okay. If, if you can't be with another person because of their opinion, that's fine temporarily. And then get back to your little core of people that you can express yourself with and not get, you know, any negative judgment, but we do have to care for each other, but you, you will get uh, caretaker is too strong a word, but you will get other care exhaustion if you don't have self-compassion. So you have to love and care for yourself first, and that will allow you to have empathy and care for other people. So it, it's it's both is true. We need the self care to care for the others, but it's important that we do both of those things. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, just wanted to have you check and see if there were any. We do have a question. Okay. Mm -hmm. Back to the essential oils. Um, uh, any thoughts on skin or systems systemic allergies warranting using something like grapeseed instead of jojoba <clears throat> or nut oils? Would it change the blend too much? Well, we would have to discuss that. Like the person would have to say, oh, I'm allergic to nuts, so I can't have any nut oils. And then I would have to kind of think about, okay, what you're right. Like what are the energetic or emotional or spiritual properties of the oil I'm replacing? And so what, what oil would I use to replace it? So uh, certainly I, I have a blend called unique, which just is like something like that. The person contacts me, we do a consult. They tell me, Hey, I can't have coconut oil. Is there another oil I can use? And then I would uh, make the unique blend for that person. Great. They really are great bl blends. I've I've used them um, with my patients, the ones that well, thank you. Dr. Lucas has. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, and you know, Thoreau said, if you want to be happy, be. And I think about that in the moment thing, like I said a couple minutes ago, you can't move forward while you're always looking at the past, right? Uh, Tolle, I think the de his definition of insanity is, looking at the past all the time and beating yourself up saying, Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. Why didn't I do that? Why did you know what? It's done already. It's done already. You can feel bad about it. You can learn a lesson from it. But the fact is you are in the moment. I recently had a very powerful in the moment moment. We were sitting on a park bench with my husband and I, with one of our, our grandchildren, my oldest grandson, who we, who we have a very close connection with. And we were all just sitting there, looking out at the west, the Rockies. And I actually said to my husband, wow, this is one of those moments where I'm not thinking about money. This was during the pandemic year. I'm not thinking about money. I'm not thinking about, you know, business being terrible or having to close. I am just like here in this moment. And if I had been thinking about those other things, I would have missed it. Right. I would have missed that most beautiful moment of just being in the moment with people I love and in nature. So I try to tell people like Thoreau says, you know, if you want to be happy, be just try it. 
Just try it in the moment. I mean, people talk a lot about gratitude, like at night, write down three things you're grateful for. Well, you know, some people probably that day didn't feel like there were three things. So I try to steer a little bit away from that and just be like, you know, in the moment, what is right now? What does right now mean to you? Right. And that way, I think we can help people get out of their brain, the sand gel brain, just going round and round and round and round and round. Yeah. If we can help people just for a minute, be in the moment. Yeah. I started for the new year uh, journaling and making sure I was journaling every day. And I have this pack of angel cards and they're so old that I think they're from when I went to massage school. So they're probably 30 years old (laughs) and you know, they just have one word on the top. So I pick that and um, you know, like a couple other cards that I have from decks of different things and then journal on that for the day. And then at the end of the day, picking one thing that I'm thankful for. And sometimes I forget um, and then doing like a mood chart. So I have like different colors for different things. And then I color in how I felt for the day. And when I set it up, I kept thinking, well, this is going to be really interesting because it's all going to be one color. And at the end of the day, I'm realizing that they're either like I'm either happy or productive most of the time where I was thinking, I just, I always think I'm tired. But then at the end of the day, when I reflect on it, I'm like, sure, I'm tired, but there's all these great things that I accomplished during the day. So I feel like that has been super helpful for me because I think I was getting frustrated with, you know, how long everything was going on. And it was sort of like a little self-care thing for myself. Oh, well, that's great. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Some great feedback. Yeah. Yeah. I have, um, I do a brain dump every morning. Because <laughs> you know how you can just be thinking like, oh, I have all these things to do. And you, I, you know, just list them all. You can spend just five minutes listing them and then mark the top three. Like right. actually these three things would be really good if I got these done today. And yeah. then at the end of the day, put it in a drawer. And at the end of the month, take a day to look at the pile and see Okay. And you know what? You're way surprised by how much you actually got done. Yeah. I've been writing it in this planner that I have because I think I accomplished nothing and having it there and and going, well, I did these five things today. I didn't do nothing. I did, you know, all these things. So I agree with that. I like the idea of either writing it on a piece of paper or like I have it in a planner right now that I can be like, okay, these are, you know, and set my intention for the week of what I wanted to get done. Right. Because yeah, it, it is a surprise at the end of the month to think, wow, I actually did do all that. I right. didn't just, like you said, I wasn't just sitting around eating bonbons. Yeah. Got a lot done. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh, all I did was play games. But then I'm like, no, I, you know, I did this, this and this. And, you know, it does make me feel like I've accomplished a little bit of something. Well, and when life gets in the way, we have to forgive ourselves for that. Yeah. Right? Like uh, we just, I just did a migration of my teaching site and oh my goodness, uh, it's, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. I'm, I'm not doing it cause I'm a techno boob, but the young lady who's doing it. It's like, it was a nightmare the first yeah. time, the first over. And then we had to go back to the old site. So a lot of my brain dumb things on a couple of days were like, I, I, I had to deal with this website thing and that's fine. 
That's yeah. what I did all day. Yeah. <laughs> with that. And it was an accomplishment. You got it done. Right. We got it done. So sometimes I think people hold themselves to a little more of a high standard than they do other people. Oh, absolutely. You know, for getting absolutely. Yeah. I definitely think that's true. Um, anything else you want to share with our listeners? We're going to have your information linked on our um, Linktree account so people can find your self-care classes and all the other great stuff that you do. It'll link your website. Okay. But if there's anything else, you know, before we close. Well, just that I appreciate you guys' goal of getting information out to the general public, what they can do at home, um, you know, that, uh, because there are so many people out there that don't understand what Chinese medicine is in the first place and that you, you can do some at home things. You can't right. do yourself care at home and that prevention is the key thing, right? We're right. trying to prevent illness. Yes. So, and that, that is a big reward of self-care. Right. Yeah. I think that, you know, that is a huge goal of mine with this is just to get the word out there about how many amazing things that we do and about our medicine. Cause I still think there's so many people who have no idea what we do and how amazing it is. So I appreciate you coming on as a guest. Well, you're welcome. I'm happy to do it so much. And how easy it is to do these things now rather than trying to fix yeah. things later. Right. Yes. right? That's a great point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, I was just talking with a patient the other day about how the number of primary care physicians in the United States has been dropping for years. Mm -hmm. Everybody's getting into specializations. So now we have these urgent care centers and even they don't want to treat a lot of things right now because of COVID. Right. And and for other reasons, you know, there's other reasons going on there. But we there's a, a gap there that we can fill for right. so many people and help so many people quickly, easily right. and affordably. Yeah. And oh, keep yeah. well, you know, like it's the staying, you know, take care of yourself now so that it's not an emergency later on down the line. Right. Well, two days a, work, a week, I work in an internal medicine clinic and they asked me to come there to help them with their diagnoses, which I don't think they knew what they were talking about when they said that. <laughs> Didn't realize what they were asking. I was, they, they, they wanted to put it on the flyer. You know, is it okay if we put this? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's way okay if you want to put that. And you know, they they send me an awful lot of people that they just don't want to give pills anymore. Like, yeah. really, do I really need to add an antidepressant in? Why don't you go see Dr. Martha? get some acupuncture, maybe some herbs. So it's been a very, very nice fit. Their patients love it that they're open to uh, Chinese medicine. I like that. That's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I got a call from a nurse today asking about um, arthritis of the knee. She's been diagnosed as bone on bone. And she says to me, she says, well, you know, that's what they say. <laughs> um, I've been a nurse my whole life. So, so I'm looking for other options. And Yeah. You know, and she ended up calling you. Yeah, so yeah, she's coming in next oh, week. Excellent. So. Cool. Very, good. Very good. So thank you again for being on. Just want to um, thank our tech support Christian over here for getting us all set up. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about insomnia. And we moved our April 5th episode to April 12th because I'm getting my second COVID shot on the 4th. And I just want to make sure that I'm good to go and I don't want to have to cancel at the last minute. So thank you again, Dr. Lucas. Uh, the podcast will be 
stay up on Facebook. It's up on YouTube and we'll get it on podcast platforms by the end of the week. So thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Bye. The contents presented during the Practical Medicine Podcast include information about various modalities that exist to achieve health and wellness and are for informational purposes only. You acknowledge and agree that the following disclaimers and warnings shall apply to all content presented. The podcast contains the opinions of Dr. Robert Balco, D-A-C-L-A-C, and Dr. Stephanie Lipnicki, D-A-C-M-L-A-C, and the guests of their show. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding any medical condition. The views expressed in the Practical Medicine Podcast are our own and do not represent those of all licensed acupuncture professionals. Always seek the help of your own acupuncturist or medical provider to determine your best course of action. You may want to use the information presented as a supplement to better understand your diagnosis or treatment, but it should not be the sole thing that you use to make important medical decisions. Do not use the content of the podcast in lieu of medical advice. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking care because of something you have heard on this podcast. Privacy is important to us. Thus, all people, places, and scenarios have been changed where applicable to protect privacy and maintain confidentiality.